Colossians 3.12-17 Therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of the Messiah, to which you are also called in one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Linda. Lovely to see you. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. You've joined us on our Thanksgiving and Vision uh, Sunday. So this is slightly different to a normal Sunday. So I'll just preach a, a much shorter sermon tonight. And then we'll have a time of open Thanksgiving where we can look back on 2017 and just come forward and share things that you're thankful for. I want to unpack in, in um, the next 10 minutes just two words from Colossians. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, they're on the screen. It says, be thankful. Look at those two words, be thankful, says God. Uh, notice that's a command from God. It's not an optional extra. Uh, so we can't sit here tonight and say, oh, I'm more naturally a grumbler. Uh, if you're here tonight as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as someone who's put their trust in Jesus God calls us and God commands us to be thankful. He says, if you are God's chosen ones, you're holy and loved, then you're called to be thankful. And that word for thankful is the word Eucharisto. It's it's, it's how you get the word Eucharist, where some church is called Eucharist, the communion service, where we stop and we give thanks for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you were here 2,500 years ago as a people of God, as God's chosen people, you were called to bring a thanksgiving offering to God. So you come to the temple with your offering as an expression of your gratitude, an expression of your thankfulness to God for who he is and what he's done. But we don't come to church with offerings today, but we should come with thankful hearts. Hearts which are saying, wow God, I am so, so thankful See, God doesn't call us just to give thanks, but to live thankful lives. So I've got three E's for you. The expectation of thankfulness. Look at the screen, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7 says, Yes, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, and overflowing with thankfulness. Uh, Paul is saying to us, if, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord, if you've repented and believed that Jesus Christ lived and died on your behalf to forgive you of your sins, if you accept him as Lord of your life, then stick with Jesus, keep walking with Jesus, keep growing in Jesus, keep being built up in Jesus. And if you do that, the expectation is that you are overflowing with thankfulness. And I love that word overflowing. It's like the word bursting with thankfulness. Uh, the, the picture is the, you know, the burst water mains you see on the street? 
and the water's just bursting out. And you, you can't stop it. You can't put your hand over it to stop that water, can you? It's just oozing out. That's the picture of the Christian man, the Christian woman. We are oozing out gratitude to God. Wow, God. Your mercies are new every morning. And wow, God. Your grace is so undeserved. I don't deserve this, God. Wow, your love for me is steadfast. Your love is lavish that I should be called a child of God. Wow, God, that you give me victory over, over the devil and over death and over, over sin. Wow, I'm so thankful for your spirit who lives in me, who's transforming me. And I'm so thankful for that promise of heaven. See, when we start to see life through the lens of Christ is Lord, we are in him. You can't help but be thankful. I, I love the story in Luke 7 of the, the sinful woman who interrupts that dinner party and she anoints Jesus with the most precious of perfume. And if you know that story, all these people are horrified that she should waste such beautiful perfume uh, on, on Jesus' feet. Now, why does she do that? And she does that because she's just so blown away by who Jesus is and what he's done for her. I want to say, friends, the more that you know Jesus, the more thankful you become. The magnitude of your thankfulness is directly proportional to your maturity in Christ. So if you really are being built up in Christ, you can't help but be thankful. Number two, the enemies of thankfulness. I think there's two enemies, grumbling and granted. Uh, by nature, we complain. And by nature, we just assume all these things are rightly ours. I've shared before the story of the professor who, at the beginning of every semester, hands his students a blank sheet of paper and says, I want you to write down for the next 24 hours every time you complain and every time you grumble. And my challenge to you is this. Return to me this time tomorrow with a blank sheet of paper. No grumbling. And in 25 years, he's never had one single student who's managed to last 24 hours without grumbling. There's always something to complain about. There's always something, we don't, something we'd, we'd like to have but don't have. And we are like God's chosen people, the Israelites. Remember them, that God had rescued them from Egypt. They'd seen God's power. They'd seen God's provision. They'd seen God part the Red Sea. They'd experienced God's rescue. And yet a few months later, they're in the wilderness. And what are they doing? They're grumbling. We have no water. So God provides water. And they're grumbling again. And we have no food. And Fred's... If you're a child of God here, you've experienced God's grace. You've experienced God's provision. You've experienced God's goodness. And yet we're quick to grumble. I love this quote. I used to think people complained because they had lots of problems. I realize people have lots of problems because they complain so much. So grumbling is one enemy and the second enemy is taking things for granted. We just assume that 
all the, the normal things of life, you know, food, clothes, shelter, friends, health, money, work, holidays, church, all the spiritual blessings we have in Christ of being adopted and being forgiven and being heirs of eternal life and the deposit of the Holy Spirit. We just assume that. That's normal. G.K. Chesterton said this, when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. It's like the, the ten lepers that Jesus healed in Luke chapter 17. He healed ten. How many came back and said thank you? Just one. We don't know why the other nine didn't say thank you. Maybe they just took it for granted. That's Jesus' job to forgive sins and to heal us. Here's some stats for you. If you have food in the fridge, clothes on your back, a roof overhead and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the, of the world today. If you have money in your bank and in your wallet, you're in the top 10% wealthy people in the world today. If you've never been imprisoned or tortured or abused in your life, you're better off than 500 million people in the world today. And if you can attend church tonight without fear of arrest or death, you are better off than millions of people today. And all those things we just take for granted, food in our fridge, money in our bank account, church services to go to, and do you often stop and say, wow, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're called to express our thankfulness. Verse 17 says, whatever you do, whatever you do in life, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of Jesus because you're a Christian. You're in Christ. You've received Christ as Lord. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, make sure that you express your gratitude to God as you do it. It's Piper who says that thanksgiving with your mouth will stir up thankfulness in the heart. When you start to actually verbally express your gratitude, you become grateful people. So I want to finish tonight by giving a little exercise to do tonight. Just grab a piece of blank paper. Fold it like this into an A5. Four sides. Side number one, write the word pleasant. And just write down the things that you're thankful to God, the pleasant things in life. Thank you, God, for the Bible in my language. Thank you, God, for health or for Panadol when you've got a sore throat like I have. Thank you, God, for a house. For clothes, for shoes on my feet, for air conditioning in hot weather. Thank you, God, for a harbour to walk along. Thank you, God, for answer. For all the pleasant things in life, just write them down. Again, G.K. Chesson said this, you, you say grace before meals. That's good. I say grace before the concert and grace before the opera. I say grace before the play and the pantomime and grace before I open a book. And grace before sketching and painting and swimming and fencing and boxing and walking and playing and dancing. I say grace before I dip the pen in the ink. All that the normal things of life that you enjoy. Just stop and say thank you. And on page number two, write the word painful. Because we're called to, to thank God even in the painful times of life. Again, it's Paul who says, give thanks in all circumstances that is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 give thanks in all circumstances not not for the circumstances but in the circumstance in those 
dark times of life, you can still thank God in that moment. James 1 verse 2, Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the trials are developing your faith. Let me just share personally, the only way that I can thank God in the darkest times of my life are, are three aspects of God's character I come back to again and again and again. Number one, God's always in control. God is always sovereign. There's nothing that happens that God does not know about. All the days ordained for me were written in his book before one came to be. Number two, God is good all the time. Psalm 119 verse 68, you are good and everything you do is good. And number three, God is always with me. Even when I walk through the valley of death, he's with me. His rod and his staff will comfort me, Psalm 23. And those three pillars, God's control, God's goodness, and God's presence, they do mean I can thank God even in the most painful of times. And on page number three, write the name people. And just jot down people in your life that you're thankful for. And start with church. Let me just read from the beginning of the epistles. Romans 1 verse 8. I thank my God for all of you. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4. I always thank God for you. Ephesians 1 verse 15. Ever since I heard about your faith, I haven't stopped giving thanks for you. Philippians 1 verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. Colossians 1 verse 3. We always thank God when we pray for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2. We always thank God for all of you. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers. Philemon 3, I always thank my God as I remember you. So when Paul thinks of church, he doesn't think problems, he thinks people to be thankful for. Thank you that he is a believer in Christ. Thank you that she is loving people well. Thank you that that the grace just oozes out of that person in church. And thank you for the person who hurt me, because I know that they're your child. So write down the names of people in church that you can be thankful for and write down the names of people in your life that you can be thankful for. And number four, on the back side of the sheet, write the word promises. The promises of God that you can be thankful for. I'll just name just a few. That you are guaranteed eternal life because you believe in Jesus. Be thankful for that. That your name is written in the book of life. Be thankful that God will never leave you and never forsake you. Be thankful that God's word does not return empty. So when you actually spend time in the word, he does promise to build you up and to mature you and to change you. Be be thankful for the promise that the spirit is a deposit and that spirit at work in you transform you to make the likeness of Christ. And be thankful for that promise that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Just write down all these promises of God and say thank you. And my challenge is this church that if you spend 20 minutes tonight writing down pleasant things, painful things, people and the promise of God, and then you take that piece of paper every day this week and just spend five minutes thanking God for those things that you wrote down, I can guarantee that this time next week you'll be more thankful than you are tonight. So we are called to be thankful. They were commanded to be thankful. Let's start to put that into practice, shall we? So I'll kick us off with our open thanksgiving. What am I thankful for? 
I'm thankful for the diversity of this church. Different people, different ages, different preferences, different skills, different personalities. But it's this incredible unity because we're in Christ. I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful for the people who've come to faith this year through this church. For Kate, for Mahio and his parents, for Jason, for Lindsay, for Gabby. Extraordinary new birth in Christ this year. I'm thankful for our welcomers and this sense of belonging here at Church by the Bridge. People say, I walk in and I feel like I belong. I'm thankful for mission. I mean, as we speak, Kelly Denning is on the mercy ships over in Cameroon. Who'd have thought that this time last year? And Dan Webster's been sent to Melbourne, about to go to Namibia. I'm thankful these people have a heart for mission. I'm thankful for this year of prayer that we've had because my own personal prayer life is so much deeper than it was a year ago, and I'm really thankful for that. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the way that you really do care for me and for Rach and for the boys, and you express that in word and in deed. So I'm just deeply thankful. Over to you. What are you thankful for? Either stand where you are or come forward.